Hello, hello everybody. What's up, YA? Good to see you. Hi. Nice to see everybody. My gosh. Man, it is packed in here tonight. Really quick, if you've got any seats that are in the middle of your row that aren't taken, will you guys just squish together so that more people can come in so that there's seats on the end? That would really help. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Sophia Hartman. I am very kind. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Sophia Hartman. I am actually here on staff at Calvary as the high school ministry intern. So I, year, I was an intern for the year, uh, which actually ended in May, and they loved me that much. They kept me on for summer, praise God. So I'm still employed. Hallelujah. We all love that summer job. Who has a summer job right now? Yeah. Whose summer job is at Calvary? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Man, I'm so happy to be with you guys today. Um, you're going to hear a little bit about my story. You're going to hear a little bit about who I am. But before uh, we start, I just want to thank Pastor Brian Williams, Pastor Sarah Almost Smith, and Pastor Brian Howard for even asking me to be here. Obviously, I'm a new face to most of you guys, especially, I, well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of you have seen me lead worship. I'm forgetting the fact that I've ever sung a day in my life. You guys have seen me lead worship before, so I'm not that much of a stranger. But uh, to open up the floor for me to be able to share my heart is just an honor. So thank you to two out of three of them aren't here, but thank you, Pastor Brian Williams, for even asking me to be here. I love you, and I'm so grateful for all of you. So what are we going to talk about today, YA? Well, I'm stoked. We're talking about singleness. Oh, yeah. We're in the middle of a relationship series. I'm single, therefore, they said, Sophia, we want you. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't do that. <laughs> They did not do that, but we are in the middle of Pillow Talk, the relationship series here in YA, and everybody's been killing it. I've been loving the series. It's been an absolute sleigh on behalf of Calvary YA, and so for all of you that just uh, left your UCs, welcome home. We're happy you're here. I know you guys just got out, um, but we're just going to jump right in, and we're going to jump right in with my first date story. And it wasn't just my first date story, it's my only date story. So prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves. No, a um, little bit of background about me. I am a younger sister of a beautiful uh, girl. I'm like, what do I call her? I'm a beautiful lady. My sister Carly, she's 27. She actually just got married like a month ago um, in Malibu to my new brother, Levi. He's wonderful. They live in Florida. Normally my parents would be here and they actually were going to be here tonight because they're the most supportive parents ever. And they got delayed in Atlanta. So they are currently stuck on the East Coast because there's like a hundred storms going on right now or something. Um, so they send their love. But I grew up in a household where uh, my father is a cartoonist. Has anybody ever watched the show The Fairly Odd Parents before? My dad created The Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting more of a cheer, but the, the confusion is great. Uh, we love the confusion. And um, so my dad created the Fairly Odd Parents. He created Danny Phantom. He created um, Tough Puppy, and Bunsen is a beast. So if you want an autograph, you're not getting one from me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if he was here, I'd make him draw for all of you, So, but he's not here. Um, anyway, so I grew up in a household with uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. 
She worked for, maybe for some of our older young adults in the room, we love you still, the ones that are maybe pushing 30 over 30 know of Tai Bo, which is a workout plan uh, run by a guy named Billy Blanks. My mom worked for this man, Billy Blanks, uh, for 25 years, and so that's why I'm in insane shape. I'm just kidding. Um, but we grew up just in LA. We've been here our entire lives. I went to Agora High School. I graduated from Agora High School, um, and then I f flew the coop, went to Colorado, went to Bible College, came back, thought I was going to marry my, uh, this guy in Bible College who I thought was my husband. That didn't work. Um, and basically, I'm 25 years old. I live at home with my parents still, which shout out to those of us who still live at home. Save that money. It's expensive to live here. Um, but a part of my story is that I've actually never, ever had a boyfriend. I've never been in a relationship before. I know, I've made it 25 years. Isn't that crazy? I'm like a unicorn, some would say. No, when I talk to the high schoolers, sometimes they're like, man, I'm 18, I've never had a boyfriend. I'm like, well, get in line, honey, because I'm seven years older than you, and I've never had a boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm actually not kidding, but I'm just using humor to like block the sadness about it. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was an actual joke. Um, anyway, so let's talk about my first date. My first date was with, uh, was with this guy. His name was Seth. I'm going to out him because he doesn't live here. And um, Seth, and I, Seth and I met when I was like 18. And when I first met Seth, he really got on my nerves. And then I was, okay, I met him in Colorado. I was visiting my sister. She was in Bible college before me, the year before me. And so I went up to this Bible college to visit in like December of, let's say, 2016. I go up to visit. I meet this guy. I'm like, wow, he really gets on my nerves, but he's kind of cute. But this other guy, he's super cute. And so at the time, which I know Snapchat's still a thing, but this is like OG Snapchat we're talking about when you had streaks and if you missed a day, it was like your life was over. And so me and this other guy who shall remain nameless, we were like Snapchatting. I hate that this is even a part of it, but we were Snapchatting back and forth for like 171 days or whatever it was. I don't know the time frame. We were Snapchatting all this time. I go back up to Colorado. And I go back up to Colorado and I'm like, Snapchat boy is gonna ask me on a date. Snapchat boy is gonna ask me out. Cause it was Valentine's day. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a shoe in. It's my first date. This is gonna be great. He's super cute, he's super tall, whatever. All that stuff. I get up there, Snapchat boy won't even look in my direction. And I'm like mortified. And so Seth comes like ready to pounce on the fact that Snapchat boy is not talking to Sophia. And he comes up and he's like, hey, would it be cool? if I took you out for Valentine's Day. And in my desperation, what did I say? Yes! yes! I said, absolutely, you can take me on a date. And so, do you wanna know what the date was? Yeah. Okay, that wasn't, I'm not gonna tell you if you don't wanna know. Do you guys wanna know what the date was? Okay, <laughs> this is embarrassing, so just don't hold it against me. There's only 100,000 of you in here tonight too, which doesn't help anything, but, we go to see the world-famous legendary movie that one likes to call Lego Batman. We're both, this is the dweebiest thing I've ever done. We go to, now I'm a big, I'm a big Lego movie fan, but not for my first date in my life do I want to go see Lego Batman. You guys, first of all, our big dinner was Chipotle, okay? We're 18, my huge... My huge, like, let's fall in love dinner is over a burrito bowl. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. And so I'm on the date and I'm like, I'm going to pretend that I am in love with this man. Like, we're just going to, this is going to be great. And so we sit across, we do the whole Chipotle thing. We walk in arm in arm to the movie theater. 
We have two seats in the middle of the theater. I'm like, please, God, let there be no one in this theater. Absolutely packed with five-year-olds. Packed. I'm not kidding. We're like this, like trying to get through the rows, like over. And these parents are like, excuse me. Like as I'm trying to get by, I'm like, I'm on my first date, ma'am. Let me have this. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. It wasn't a disaster. It was a really sweet time. Anyways, obviously Seth is not the one for me. So... The date ended, we said goodnight with a really big hug, and I went to bed that night feeling like a million bucks, woke up, and I was like, what happened last night? This is crazy. And that was the last time I went out on a date. That was it. <laughs> um, uh, opposed to popular experience, I guess I could say, I've only been asked out on two dates in my entire life, and I only say that because I know that there's some of us in this room who are like, okay, I'm pretty sure like I'm not a monster and no one's approaching me. So why am I the worst person ever and I'm not attracting anybody? And so I had that fallacy sewn into my heart for years thinking, well, no one's ever going to love me because if they can't ask me out, there's no way I'm going to get proposed to. There's no way I'm going to get married one day. Anyways, so I share all of that to say, and I know it's very funny, and I love my first aid story. I think it's absolutely hilarious, and it'll go down, and my kids will be like, how do you meet daddy? I'm like, well, let me not tell you about daddy. Hold on. Let's talk about this guy who took me to Lego Batman the day it premiered. Um, anyways, but tonight we're talking about singleness. We're talking about singleness and what it looks like to be single in Christ, because there's singleness of the world, and there's singleness in the kingdom. And so in this Pillow Talk series, we've been going back and forth with these lies and combating them with truth. One of the first lies I want to talk about is that there's just the comparison between dating for fun and dating for marriage. So that's what we're going to tackle first, okay? Dating for fun versus dating for marriage. Now, I want to acknowledge really quick before we go any further, there are people in this room who do not desire to date whatsoever. There are people in this room who have just gotten out of a bad relationship and they're like, Tell me about singleness and how I can never, ever get into something like that again. There are people in this room who aren't necessarily attracted to the person that they think that they should be attracted to. There are people in this room who will never get married. There's people in this room who don't want children. There's people in this room who have all sorts of ideas and beliefs for their own life, and that's okay. You know that it's okay that you remain single your entire life, that's okay. We're just gonna talk about singleness because in the context of wanting a future spouse, singleness can feel really tough sometimes. And so I'm so grateful that Brian and Sarah asked me to talk on this topic because guys, I'm in the thick of this literally right now in my life. I'm not like 40 years in the future being like, then I got married at 19 and I started having my first kid at 20. And let me tell you about how hard those six months were. Like that's not the conversation we're having right now. The conversation we're having is I'm 25 years old. I don't appear to be any sort of grotesque. And I've only been asked out on two dates and I've been on one in my whole life and th that's okay. That's okay. And so we're gonna be talking about singleness in the context of wanting to date, wanting to get married. But I just wanted to acknowledge really fast that there's people in this room that when I talk about singleness and you'll hear where I'm going by the end of this, this can apply to anybody in life because if you are in Christ, you are one with him. So that's what we're talking about. So dating for fun versus dating for marriage. The lie that the world tries to sell us is I can date as many people as I want as long as I don't get too committed to any of them and somehow through that process I may figure out who my spouse is. That was a mouthful. And I wrote that, so I did that to myself. 
I can date as many people. This is a lie. And for some of you, it might be your actual experience. And it might be the thought process that you walked into this room. But I'm going to offer this as a lie to you because I'm going to tell you the truth in just a second. Don't put it up there just yet. But I can, I can date as many people as I want as long as I don't get too committed. I don't get too far and I don't get too intertwined to any of them. And then somehow, by some magical laundry process, I'm going to end up with a spouse who loves me unconditionally. That's a hard life to live. That is a hard road to walk. Walking through, okay, I just broke up with that one, but I broke up with him, so I'm in control of that situation. But then this one broke up with me, but then I kind of want to go back to the other one. Like that, it clouds your judgment. It gets in our minds. And guess who we can't hear any longer? The Lord. The truth that combats this lie is by delighting myself in the Lord. He will give me all the desires of my heart in a spouse. The answer to the search and to the grind of trying to find somebody is that the only one that you need to find is Jesus Christ himself. And so if you need a title tonight's sermon, call it Finding the One and make that O an uppercase O because we're not talking about the fact that there's one soulmate for everybody. That doesn't exist. You when walking this life with Jesus, whether you get married, whether you stay single your whole life, whether you adopt like five kids from different countries and you single mom the heck out of that, you have to find the one that is Christ Jesus. That's how this works. That's how life gets better. That's how dreams come true. By delighting ourselves in the Lord, by delighting myself in the Lord, remember, this is in the context of wanting a spouse one day. He will give me all the desires of my heart in a spouse. A lot of people like to look at the last part. That actually comes out of a scripture. It comes out of Psalm 37, 4 that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And Christians weren't around, they're like, la, 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 and he'll give me the desires of my heart. And they don't want to delight. Because you know what delight looks like? not hanging out every single night till 4 a.m. Or playing Fortnite till 2 a.m. I'm calling out a few people in the room. I know it. Right? Delighting yourself looks like putting aside the things of this life to seek the one who knows all. And guess what? He knows all about you. You know that he knows who is going to be the best spouse for you? Right now, you know that the Lord knows who I'm going to marry? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I'm like, can you tell me? <laughs> you want to like whisper it? But sometimes we just get into this desperation after desperation. And the reason that date went nowhere <laughs> with Seth, not for obvious reasons. Oh, by the way, really quick little caveat to that. I show up to the Bible college the next day. And this is what really was just sent me over the edge. He's got a t-shirt on. I can't even say this without laughing. He's got a t-shirt on with <laughs> a velociraptor and Ronald Reagan riding the velociraptor with an AR. That's the shirt. And if you have that shirt on right now, I love you so much. But that was the shirt that I was like, my knight in shining, oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, this is, this is terrible. 
And I recently saw Seth. You guys want to know the absolute irony of this? Seth has three kids and a wife now. We're the same age. He married a lovely lady who was not me. (laughs) He married a lovely lady who already had two kids, and he got to adopt those two kids, and then they just had a baby boy. His name's Benjamin. He's like Mr. Chunk. He's so cute. But I just saw him at this wedding, and I was like, hey, Seth. And he was like, what's up, Sophia? (laughs) It was just an awkward encounter. Anyways. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does delighting look like? You know, I'm, I'm gonna run through a little list here in just a second, but this list is a list of, is it sharpening you or is it dulling you to the presence of God? Are these things I'm about to say, which I'm sure some of you guys are already coming up with your own examples of these things, But when you delight yourself in the Lord, it requires a sacrifice from things of the world. And in regards to dating, the list that I'm about to say, I'm not trying to call anyone out. I am not trying to say, oh my gosh, shame on you because you're doing this, you're doing that. That is not my motive at all. My motive is to set you loose into the presence of God. That is my pure agenda. And we're gonna talk about how I got out of desperate mode and into delighting mode because the only reason I can stand before you free and clear to tell you that I'm fully single and I have no prospects right now is not out of fear or anxiety because I could have never told somebody that, especially a room of like 400 people. It's probably not 400, but it's pretty close. It's pretty packed. But I could have never stood up here had that desperation not been rooted out in the presence of Jesus. And so is it sharpening or is it dulling? Dating apps. I'm just being real. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Dating apps. Is it sharpening you or is it dulling you so that when the right one does come, when the one that God said, go, go get him, go get her. When the one comes around that God has designed for you, can you hear the Lord say, hey, have you ever, have you ever thought about Johnny? I don't know. I'm thinking of a name. Have you ever thought about so-and-so? Can you hear that voice or are you so dull because you've just been swiped on and rejected so many times? Rejected, those swipes away from your profile, you don't think they hurt? They're digging into you. They are a fiery dart of the wicked one that's trying to tell you that you could offer yourself to the masses and nobody wants you. That is a painful reality to go to sleep with thinking about. And I'm not saying right now, I mean, probably some of you are like, I'm deleting my hinge right now. Because I know lovely couples who have met from hinge. I know lovely couples who have met from Bumble or Tinder or whatever it might be. If you need to be on a dating app, guess who's going to tell you to go on the dating app? Jesus. You guys are like, that's blasphemous. No, it's not. God is going to lead you right in Psalm 119, 105. It's my favorite life scripture. It's actually on my necklace right now. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And so if you are in his word, you are delighting in the presence of God and you're taking steps and he illuminates a step and it looks like a yellow little bumblebee. (laughs) Go for it. Because I bet you, you'll be on there for like eight seconds and the person that was supposed to swipe on you will swipe and then the rest is history. Right? God can use... (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Snapchat. I just mentioned Snapchat. 
I don't know why Snapchat got resurrected. Can I just be real for like two seconds? Snapchat died. I remember when it died. And then somehow, some way, someone reached into it, got it saved, and now it has the resurrection life of Christ inside of it, and it won't die. <laughs> Snapchat won't go away. But you know what it is? It's so fleeting. So let me send a picture of the corner of my chin that doesn't have a zit on it so that this person will like me back. I'm being so raw right now because I know that's what we do. Because I did it too. I love, I love, thank you, Lord, that I am still in this season because I can speak to all of us at the same time. You know, they used to have the filters that like masked all the, all the pimples, but now it's not cool to use a filter. And now it's like, I'm just a real person. I'm like, no, you're not. You're using some other app and then you're trying to like filter that in there. I know you have it. I saw you yesterday, right? <laughs> But we use Snapchat as this way of like, and this is how I'll get to know them. I'm sorry? You think within like two black lines of white text, you're gonna get to know the love of your life? You know why I know that doesn't work? Because me and God can't chat for like four seconds and I'm like, you're the love of my life, love you Jesus. That doesn't work. I fell in love head over heels with Jesus Christ when I spent time, hours, days in his presence. I'm not talking about 12 hours every single day of my life. That's not feasible. Consistency. We spend time together every morning. I was just talking to Jess about this the other day. We were talking about what does it look like practically to delight yourself in the Lord? And so I was like, well, this is what it looks like for me. I wake up, I walk, you know, I get out of bed, and then I walk into the kitchen and I use my Nespresso, which I love and I got for Christmas, and I Nespresso it up, and then I take that cup of coffee, say, love you, mom and dad, and I go back into my bedroom and I sit on my couch and I turn on soaking music, which you can find on YouTube, soaking in his presence. It's like hours of just like, wah, wah, like music that's right behind, because I can't sit and do nothing with silence. I can't read and I can't focus with silence, and so I use a practical tool like YouTube, even though I know it's probably satanic, but who cares for the moment, we're just going to run with it, that I use soaking music to get myself into the presence of God. And I open the word and I say, Lord, what do you have for me today? And 30 minutes later, not that impressive, 30 whopping minutes later, I go get in the shower and I start my day. That's delighting myself in the Lord. And you know that I've been doing that for so many years now that we know each other because it's not quick little like, God, I'm in crisis. Can you help me really quick? Oh, I didn't hear you. Okay. I'm sorry. I gotta go. Like, we probably don't hear him most of the time because we're running so fast out of his presence that he's like, and, uh, uh. and his words are at our heels because we don't take the time to slow down. Is it dulling you or is it sharpening you? Okay, I'm about to get really real with anybody who likes Colleen Hoover, okay? Anybody know who that is? Nobody in this room? Praise God. You know who it is. Okay, romantic books. Steamy novels, okay? Let's get into it for just a brief minute. Rom-coms. Who watches The Notebook and like 25 minutes later, you're like, you'll never get somebody like that. Like you're just an absolute, you're like Noah's memory is gone and she died and they died together on the bed and I'm never gonna die next to my spouse on the bed, right? That We turn into that person in like, 2.5 milliseconds after we watch movies like that. And then we're like, but God, I trust you. You're watching a fantasy. 
You're watching a fiction tale. You're reading a fiction novel. I'd say Colleen Hoover because she has like a billion books out right now that are like, and then we met on a plane, and then we met in the coffee lounge, like whatever it is. It's all in there. But you read these things and then you're left feeling so dry and so destitute and so empty. And you're like, how do I fix this, Jesus? And he's like, put the book down. Turn off the TV. I was, I was doing my parents' Bible study last night. We talked about Grey's Anatomy and this is just a rabbit trail. There's an episode of Grey's Anatomy where the tree impales the two people and one of them dies. We all know what I'm talking about, okay? We're all there. Also, the plane scene ruined me forever. So I'm just, that's for all of you Grey's Anatomy fans out there. But it was the process of my thoughts that I noticed that after I watched the impaling tree scene, because the person was driving and they got impaled by a tree on the highway. I don't know how that happens. But like an hour later, an hour later, I'm driving and there's a lumber, of course, there's a lumber truck on the freeway with me. And you know what I'm in? Fear. Because I think, because I think that every single twig and branch on this truck is about to kill me. That's what I think. You want to know why? Because I filled my mind with it. It affected me later. You don't just watch someone getting impaled and you're like, I feel amazing. I feel so good. My day's going to be amazing. I'm not going to be scared of a single thing. You don't watch paranormal activity and sleep like a baby. Doesn't happen. Don't lie to me right now. Some of you are like, well, no, it does not happen. That does not occur. Why? Because whatever you let in is going to come out, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's going to come out. And then, of course, I'm just going to touch on this for two seconds. Porn, we all have heard about porn, right? That's going to dull you. And it's not going to do your future spouse any favors. And it sure as heck is not going to do you any favors. So I'm not saying, like, put your phone in a box and bury it in your backyard tonight. That's not where we're going with this. Because we all have to use phones. I mean, I run the social media, or I don't run it entirely, but we use social media for HSM. Like, I have to have Instagram. I have to have certain things on my phone. I love TikTok. I think TikTok is the funniest app that's ever been invented in my life. And I love it, and I'll never say that, like, oh, I'm going to delete it. It's amazing, okay? This is a real Sophia Hartman moment. But I have to be careful of how much of that I'm consuming when my time with God is here and my time on these apps and reading these books and watching these movies and watching porn and whatever it is, or just going out with friends who are only in relationships that you envy. And so now all you can think about is how much you hate her and you hate him and you're going to be at their wedding and you're going to be a bridesmaid, but you're really not stoked about it because it's not you. I've had it. I've experienced it all. And what it doesn't do and what these things don't do, they dull you from the voice of the Father. And then we get lost. And then we need to make a business decision. And then we need to decide what college we're going to. And then our parents are getting divorced and we don't know what to do with ourselves. And we're like, hey, what am I supposed to do here? God, I can't hear you. He's like, I know because you've been filling and filling and filling your ears and your eyes and your heart with trash. And when, now when you're single and you're alone at night and all you want is somebody there next to you to cozy up to, the only thing you can think about is the junk that you filled your brain with and the junk that you filled your heart with. 
And now you're desperate. Hello, me, until 2018. And maybe a little bit after that. Some of my friends are like, 2018, come on. It's got to go past that. Desperate, you guys, I craved it so bad. I craved, in my context, I craved a boyfriend so bad. I tried to make it work with so many guys. I guess where my heart ended up? Broken on the ground in front of me. Which is why I love in Defender when the song says, you picked up all my pieces, put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. He has to be the defender of your heart. You can't defend your heart the way he can. You can guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart flow the issues of life, but build it with the bricks of his word. He's the adhesive of the whole thing. Don't try to take one or two scriptures and make a fortress out of it. You need time. Words, not just in his word, but words that he speaks over you and inside of you. The next lie. Let's talk about the next lie. Singleness is a problem to be fixed. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Who has a mom that says that all the time? She's like, that is from the pit of hell. I'm like, not everything can be from the pit of hell. <laughs> but a lot of it is. <laughs> okay, let's be real. A lot of it is from the, from the pit of Sheol, is what it says in Psalms. The truth is that singleness is a gift. Singleness is a present. It's a gift. And every person that's, by the way, let's just clarify really fast. Who's in a relationship, but they're not married? Hands up. Yeah, you guys are also single. Let me just throw that out there. We're going, you are either not married or you are married. And if you are not married, I am throwing you into the category of single. Why? Because you are not in covenant with somebody. If you're engaged, you're like almost there. Like Jacob and Sierra, they're like, we're almost there. We're almost in covenant. Tim and Sarah are like, literally like this, about to be in covenant. But for the rest of us in here, if you are not married, you are single. I'm not talking about relationship status. Singleness is a condition of your heart. But when you're single, you're not by yourself. You're not a single-stranded cord. You are actually a two-stranded cord in singleness. Who's the second strand? Jesus. So it might seem like, well, singleness, I don't have to think about any. Some people love singleness, which, hey, oh, I'm get, I mean, I love it. I, it took me a while to get here, but I'm enjoying it. But it's not singleness of, it's all Sophia's opinion, and it's all what Sophia wants to do, and it's all Sophia, all me, 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 me. It's not that. Singleness is, God, I submit myself to your will. God, I submit myself to you every day. Marriage is, God, we submit ourselves to you. There's not much of a difference in that. It's just I or we. And when you're in covenant with somebody, now you're a three-stranded cord in Ecclesiastes, it says, every, everyone has this at their wedding. It's so cute. The little like braided thing. And it's like, and a three-stranded cord, it's not easily broken. And it says that when you walk into, <laughs> when you walk into people's weddings, if it's at Tim and Sarah's wedding, I'm so sorry, I love you guys. Just in, <laughs> in advance, I love you. But if you're not married, you're single, your heart is not one with anybody yet. Anybody here in the natural? 
But the second you said yes to Jesus Christ, I'm not going to assume everybody in here is a Christian, but for those of us who would call ourselves a Christian, the second you said yes to Jesus Christ, you became one with him. You can't separate him and you. It's like oil and vinegar. You toss the two together, you can do so many science experiments to try to get them to be separate from each other, but at some point there is still going to be oil in that vinegar and vinegar in that oil because they're one. They become one. Singleness, <laughs> the Lord spoke this to me. I did not make this up. I think this is hilarious. Singleness is not purgatory for marriage. Isn't that funny? I was like, Jesus, that is hilarious. You know what purgatory is? It's the way, thank you. It's the, for our resident Catholic. It's our, the waiting place, right? I know you're not a Catholic. It's the waiting place. It's this like, well, if I'm just patient enough, Hey, how long have you been here? Oh, six months. Oh, I've been here longer than that. <laughs> right? That's what it feels like sometimes. We get into these conversations with people and we're like, let me just compare and contrast and see if I can just like somehow beat them out and say like, well, technically I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16 and now I'm 19. So it's only really been three years, but I was talking to a guy for like two and a half. So what does that mean? Right? That's the like game that we all try to play. But singleness is not purgatory for marriage. It's a gift. It's not even a waiting place. You know who you're waiting on? The Lord. You're not waiting on your spouse. Like, when's he going to get here? When? Man, when, when are they going to get here? Which is what I did. And you know how long it took? Forever. All I could think about was the time that had passed since this guy that I fell in love with in college had rejected me. And I was like, well, it's been two years. And now it's been three years. And it's been four years. And I thought I was going to marry him. And then it didn't work out. Right? And the time seems to take forever to go by. But when I started spending time with Jesus, when I started delighting myself in the Lord, the desires of my heart that began to bubble up were not just Sophia's desires. He's going to put desires in there. Like, hey, Sophia, do you realize that if you were married with kids right now, you wouldn't be able to be here on Sunday night crying your eyes out with the seniors that just graduated who are in here now? Love you guys. We bawled our eyes out till 11 p.m. It was the worst night ever. And they're like, it's the best night. It was the worst, saddest night ever. We cried our eyes out. But you know that if I'm a mama and I want to be home with my little baby bear cubs, I can't be out till 11 o'clock at night. I got it. Well, first of all, I would be exhausted <laughs> by that time. But I want to be asleep. I want to be home with my family. And so I can't do both. I can't have both. And so when the Lord said, I want you to be a part of high school ministry, and I said, but Lord, I want to be married. He said, but I want you to be a part of high school ministry. And you know that my cup overfloweth because of high school ministry? It overflows, it leaps and it bounds because I delighted myself in him. And so he gave me the desire of my heart. You guys, if you had asked me in February of 2020, if I would ever come to Calvary, I would have laughed in your face. I would have absolutely laughed and been like, no, I'm not going to Calvary because I had been burned by so many local churches when I was in college and in high school. And prior to that, that I was like, you're going to catch me dead at Calvary with all those Oaks Christian snobs is what I thought. <laughs> it's terrible. My sister went to Oaks Christian. I'm like, I'm calling Carly a snob. This is terrible. That's what I thought this place was. But God said in March, 20, 20, in March 2020, literally four seconds before COVID started, he said, I want you to go to YA. And I said, 
absolutely not. No, I'm not going. But at the time I had started, I had just encountered Jesus. I had just started to fall in love with him. And I knew that in John 14, 15, it says that if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so I was like, no, this one I wasn't budging on. So March, then the pandemic happened. I was like, see God, you were wrong. I want you to go to YA. No, I want you to go to YA. April, May, June, July, August. I dragged my friend with me. I said, you have to come with me. I'm not going by myself. She came with me. She left and I, I never did. God changed my life out of obedience because when I was in the secret place and I started to fall in love with him, now I want to obey him because I love him. I'm not obeying my drill sergeant. I am absolutely devoutly head over heels in love with Jesus. I could cry thinking about him right now. Thinking about the fact that he went on that cross, cross bludgeoned to death, back ripped open, body pierced, everyone spitting on him, everyone screaming at him, them ripping his beard out of his face, taking holes in his hands, in his feet, in his side. Knowing that, and then the fact that he did it just so that he could look at me again because I was unholy because of what Adam did. We were unlookable for him. God cannot have part with darkness. He cannot associate with it. And we were pure darkness. And Jesus said, I'll go. I'll go. I don't care if you have to kill me. I'll go. And it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He's worthy of your time. He's worthy of your affections. He's worthy of your adoration. Not, it's not like he didn't do anything. And he's like, give me all the praise. He did it all. He paid it all. And so in singleness, when this desperation for love starts to cry out, go find the one who is love itself. Because I don't have a recipe for getting a boyfriend, you guys. I don't have one. <laughs> I currently don't have a boyfriend. I, I, for those of you, whoever you want to date, whoever you want to be with, I don't have your formula. I don't have your answer. I don't have like a, and then you do this, and then you do that, and there they are. I don't have that. But I met love itself. And that changed everything. It changed everything. Do I still desire to be a wife and a mom? Absolutely, yes. But am I counting the milliseconds until that time comes? No, because singleness isn't purgatory. I don't have to pay to get out of it. I don't have to do some sort of good work or some sort of good deed to change the mind of God. Wow, I had so many more notes, but look where the Lord take, took us. In Matthew 6, 6, it says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will reward you. He's in the secret place. In Psalm 91, it says, I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I just, I explained to you what delighting looks like for me. You know what it also looks like? We're driving together. We're ordering Chick-fil-A together. We're doing everything. We're listening to Brooke and the Bluff together. Like, yeah, I know. Who's seeing them at the Fonda? I am in September. Anyways, let's not go off topic, guys. But we do fun things together. I, this is embarrassing, but I was going to tell you. 2019, I had a Disneyland pass. I'd go to Disneyland by myself with the Lord. And all of you guys are like, wow, that's really cool. I mean, uh. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't have to wait for anyone to go pee, and it was great. I could control the day. I could get a pretzel when I wanted to. I could learn more about who God was. Because you know that as you delight yourself in him, he's gonna delight himself in you and the details of your life start to merge. He doesn't love Disneyland because it's Disneyland. He loves Disneyland because his kids are there and they're having fun. So his presence comes when we invite him in. This is not a sermon about Disneyland, so I'm getting off of it really fast. John 17, three says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not 7,000 miles away in heaven. Eternal life is right here, right now, knowing him. And so I would love to say that after a singleness sermon, I'm gonna say, go on guys, look around and meet somebody and Marry them. That's not the goal of tonight. I think you've caught on to that by now. But sometimes at single things, which I don't like going to single things very much, but sometimes at single things are like, and now I'm going to turn you loose and you're going to go meet the love of your life in this room. That's probably not going to happen tonight. Actually, I take that back. It is because you're going to meet Jesus who is going to be the love of your life if you will let him in. So the band's going to make their way up here. It's fun to say that, and I'm not in the band, crazy. <laughs> I love this quote from Tim Keller. He just passed away, so sad, but he's with, with the Father, which is so amazing. And this quote says, God looks at the anxious and says, I tore my son to shreds for you, and you're afraid I'll not give you what you need? That hit me like a brick in the teeth. I was like, which, that sounds horrible. A <laughs> brick to the teeth, my Lord. He ripped Jesus to shreds so that he could catch a glimpse of you again. You know, reckless love, no shine, you won't light up. We're like, mountain, you won't climb up, right? That's real. He's lighting up all the darkness to show himself to you. Singleness is not this purgatorious, horrible, disastrous place and I'm just waiting and married people live on the mountain with a thousand, what is it, cattle on a thousand hills, is that what it is, the scripture? That's not where married people live and we're not down here in the muck and the mire and waiting for our life to begin. Your life begins when you say yes to Jesus Christ. That is your starting line. And your finish line is the day that you take your last breath and you take a step into eternity with him. But in between that starting line and that finish line, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna sharpen or are we gonna dull and dull and be desperate and lonely? You guys, I haven't been lonely in a long time. 
I get, I'm alone. I'm by myself. I go to Trader Joe's by myself, right? We all do things by ourselves. But I'm never lonely. My heart is never destitute. My heart is not throwing itself at any, anyone that breathes to see if they'll love me because I am fully known and I am fully loved and I am hopeful that one day I will be fully known and fully loved with my husband. And so for you, this is why I said it's not really about wanting to date or wanting to be, like, if you don't want to get married, you know that this call of going into the secret place with Jesus is actually so much sweeter for you because the complexity of marriage, not bad, it's just complex. That's what Pastor Brian said. I was like, that's a great way to put it. It's just complex. It's complex when you have babies. It's complex when you have in-laws. <laughs> All of that stuff gets to be complex. In singleness, you just have him. And Paul says, hey, you want to stay single? Thumbs up for me, man. You can stay single. Because it's better that your devotion is not skewed. It is better that you are in love with the one who paid it all for you than for you to be in a semi-happy relationship, marriage, that just drags you deeper and deeper into desperation when he is the only one who can fulfill you and satisfy you and make you who he intended you to be. And so really fast, because I love practicality, there are two books. I have, you can throw it up there, Autumn. I have the one in pink. This is so cheesy, okay? I know it's cheesy. 31 prayers for my future husband, 31 prayers for my future wife. If you wanna get married one day, not talking to everybody, if, you, if this is a desire of yours to get married one day, I bought this book. Okay, you wanna know it's really silly? My sister bought this book, met her husband the day after she finished the book. So what did I do? Naturally, I bought the book. Cause I was like, <laughs> the, the right next step is that I go to Amazon and buy this book. I've read it almost twice and uh, nobody came. So point is, do not get this book thinking that it's a genie lamp that you're rubbing. This book, you know, instead of praying for them, like, God, I hope they show up today. Maybe when I go to Starbucks, they'll be there. Like, that's not what this book is doing. This is saying, Lord, I thank you. In the context of the book I'm reading for my future husband, Lord, I thank you that he is a good steward of his finances. Lord, I thank you that he has a good relationship with his parents. And Lord, if he does not have a father or a mother that you have filled that role for him. It's a great, but it's wonderful. And Pastor Brian, when I was meeting with him about this, he was like, Sophia, have, get both books and read the husband one and see what you should pray over yourself. And I was like, yeah, I already did that. <laughs> it's uh, coming, it's just not in the mail yet. Even when you don't buy your friend a present, you're like, it's in the mail. Can we pray? Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, we just say thank you for who you are. We love you. Lord, I thank you for those who do not know you in this room, that if I said anything that even made them laugh, Lord, I thank you that that would prove that you are a God of humor. You are a God of love. You are a God of joy. You are not a God of pain and suffering and destitution. Jesus, for the ones who have known you and have been far away, 
I thank you that tonight they are set loose like Matthew 6, 6 says, set loose into the secret place of the Most High to abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Father, I thank you that you are most beautiful. Jesus, I thank you that you are the love of my life. Jesus, thank you for taking the cross.